Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. my guest for today. So she is the founder of Hooper Hyde Legal Advisors. She was a Telegraph and NatWest female entrepreneur to watch in 2022. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that she makes the scary business of dealing with a solicitor seem a lot less daunting and complicated. It's Catherine Hyde. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you very much. What an intro. Makes no me sound knows. almost professional, doesn't it? <laughs> See, I love to think about, you know, what would you say if you're walking out on the O2 stage right now? So, yeah, that's that's why I make it. So my first question to my guests is always, how high is your vibe right now on a scale of one to ten? I would say my vibe's pretty high right now, to be honest. I feel like I'm rocking and rolling. If you'd have asked me the same question a week ago, I probably would have given you a very different answer. But well, yeah, also, it's early on a Monday, isn't it? It's like yeah. just gone 11 on a Monday morning. So we we would have our vibe high at this time, you know? So, excellent. Yeah, ask me the same question on Friday, actually, and I might fall <laughs> Brilliant. So I'd love for you to share with our readers a bit about your background and kind of where where you've been, how you got to where you are now, and, you know, what prompted you to start your own business as well? Oh, you're going to regret asking me this question because it's long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where did I start? Well, I did a law degree, uh, sorry, a languages degree first, <laughs> left uni and went, I don't know what I want to do. Like, what what next? Because I'd done languages but didn't really want to do a job in languages. It sounds a bit weird, but I, I guess four years of learning them kind of made me think, well, actually, this isn't really for me. So I got a job, I had a couple of sort of admin type jobs and then got a job in a law firm as a legal secretary. Loved it and kind of, I had never considered a career in law because I didn't think that kind of thing was open to someone like me. You know, I was average grades, went to average schools, you know, there was nothing spectacular about me or my education and just assumed therefore that that kind of career just wasn't an option didn't even occur to me to go into law and then obviously started as a legal secretary and realized that actually I could study part-time and work full-time and that's basically what I did I worked my way up I became a paralegal I studied law part-time in the evenings whilst working full-time as a legal secretary and then a paralegal qualified took me seven years to qualify um and then qualified in 2011 yeah was was an fortunate enough and because I they knew what to do through a paper application you know to give me a job I, they already knew what my work ethic was like they already knew me as a person you know so I think that did really help kind of push me you know forwards and then you know had a number of I had I think I had about three different jobs after I qualified um you know carried on the sort of career ladder but the further along I went there was a couple of things that happened the further along I went the more pigeonholed I became right. and I didn't like that 
I didn't like feeling stuck in a certain trajectory. Mm -hmm. I also started to realize that I wasn't perhaps prepared to conform to the extent that was required of me to be able to then be given a seat at the table in terms of partnership. That sort of started to make me question whether actually I wanted a seat at that table or not. Then, then some, you know, personal stuff happened. My mum got really ill with a degenerative brain disease. I had kids, you know, and my priorities changed. And whilst I had been really career driven, I suddenly went, why am I doing this? And who am I doing it for? And why am I worrying about someone else's financial target just to line their pockets more? Mm-hmm. When really, do you value me as a person? You know, all of that stuff mm-hmm. cropped up. And, and I basically then went and worked on the high street for a couple of years. But that still didn't, and by working on the high street, I don't mean as a prostitute. I mean, <laughs> a high street law firm. <laughs> I was just doing a little thing. It occurred to me there. I was like, wait, hang on. Are people going to read that wrong? Yeah. A high street firm. I went yeah. to work for a high street firm. Yeah. And that was, it still didn't really kind of scratch the itch, I suppose. It was fine. But again, just. I don't know what it was and I think I think to a certain extent it was having to answer to somebody else it was constantly worrying that I wasn't giving 100% to my job or my home life neither one was being prioritized just pulled in a million different directions and so I quit I just basically handed my notice in with no plan I had a three-month notice period so I was like right I've got three months to figure this out what am I doing and then just happened upon and I think to a certain extent perhaps it's the universe I don't know but happened upon the idea of being a self-employed solicitor so I was like okay this might be the answer because actually I get to pick and choose my clients I get to pick and choose my hours I can figure all of that stuff around my mum and my family and you know my dad had started to become ill as well so right this is potentially the right fit and I did that for four sorry three years mm-hmm. And that was great, right? Because it because it ticked all the boxes. I yes. like I said, I've got to pick my clients. I've got to pick my hours. If I wanted to go to the Mother's Day mm-hmm. workshop at school, I could go and do that. You know, if I wanted to go to the Christmas play, I didn't have to ask for permission from anyone to take the time off. You know, I had no chargeable hours targets. It was right. Well, I can work as much or as little as I want to for as much or as little money as I want to in any given month. So it worked really well. But I still just didn't feel like it was quite what I wanted. And I had for a really long time been playing with the idea of having my own firm, but had never really done it. I had never sort of been brave enough to go, mm. I'm going to do this and I'm going to build this thing that I always wanted and needed. Yes. And it's going to potentially be completely different to a massive proportion of the law firms out there. And that's really scary because this is not not the same as what everyone else is doing and there are other firms that do 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 something similar to me in the sense that you know it's about being a human being and it's about being open and light-hearted and easygoing but the majority of law firms as most people know are very serious very you know intense impossible to speak to anybody you know and I wanted to basically break down all of those frustrations for people and so yes and then I met somebody in 20 when did I launch the firm? 21. So I met somebody in 2020, tail end of 2020. And he basically said, Catherine, are you going to do this or what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I suppose I am. 
Okay. So it took me months, right? It took me months. I mean, the process takes ages anyway, but it took me months to finally get to a point where I could say, right, 1st of May 2021 was the day of launch. But then I didn't tell anybody for about a month <laughs> because I was too scared. I literally was like, oh, I'm just going to stay small and I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. Yeah. And then I kind of went, no, do you know what? I've got like, if this is, if I'm going to take this seriously, which I need to, because I'd injected a bunch of cash in it yeah, to get it going. I've, I've got to tell people about it oh. so yeah I was like right so for, so so if you look on LinkedIn my official announcement is the 1st of June 2021 okay. but I'd actually launched a month before that wow wow there's so much there right uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, and I love that I love the journey so way back in the beginning of that you said about you know you became a legal secretary mm. and going into law had never you know becoming a solicitor had never occurred to you because you didn't think it was open to to someone like you mm-hmm. and I was thinking when I, I was trying that on when you said it and I thought well yeah like in my head you know, if you're a solicitor, you're always, you know, you're born to it, don't you? Don't you come out wearing a grey suit or something yeah. as a baby? It's like a doctor, and I think I think you the expectation is, you know, you went to Oxford or Cambridge, and you you know all of that stuff. You've got straight A A levels or whatever the equivalent is now, and all of that stuff. Uh-huh. It, it, but actually, the profession, fortunately, is there is a range of people and personalities and you know abilities. But but for a really long time, that was never made clear mm. to people. Yeah, you know, where everyone just sort of thinks, oh, you know, oh, lawyers scary. Oh. Oh, no, they're just people doing a job with this particular skill set, just like anybody else. Absolutely. The other thing that I thought when you said that was then when you said about setting up your own business. Um, so did you ever imagine that you would have your own business in any form? you know even before you were a solicitor did you think oh I definitely want my own business one day but I maybe don't know in what I don't know actually I can't I don't recall ever thinking at that point in time no I think I think it was probably a sort of early 30s type decision I think I think I got to that point in my life and kind of went well don't know if and I think I think it was a yeah, I think actually it was about what happened throughout my career. You yes. know, I I had always been brought up. So it was, you know, you you do your GCSEs, you do your levels, you go to university. It never even occurred to me to kind of question that yes. process. It, that was just the way my brother and I were brought up was that's what you would do. And then you would get a job. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. But I think uh, then during my career, I kind of went, oh, OK, actually, I'd quite like to become a manager. And, mm-hmm. oh, I'd quite like to be a partner of a law firm. And then it was but do I really want to be a partner of these firms? Yes. There's some things that you do that don't make sense to me, but you're not open to having a conversation about whether or not those processes make sense. And, you know, there's so many stereotypes here. And, you know, I mean, I had bosses where they would, I won't say Uh who, but they would say things like, the expectation is that you run your files a certain way, but they wouldn't run their own files the same way. And it was like, but then you're, you're coming down on me for not doing something when you're not doing it, you know, and there was stuff like that. that I was kind of like, wait, hang on. This makes no sense to me. Am I the only one that's not getting this? Why is everybody else just sitting here being okay with it? And I'm sitting here going, I don't get it. Yeah. So you mentioned about in there, you know, I, I couldn't conform to you know, <laughs> yeah. and I was going to say what you know what kind of things that so you mentioned that kind of thing there which is like yeah. values really isn't it I mean that was yeah. like a violation of your personal values yeah. I wondered if there was you know any 
age or gender bias or what what was that like coming up because I used to work in insurance like a thousand Mm -hmm. years ago and that was very you know the grey suits the old men I remember going down to and being the you know the only girl around Mm. and you know my boss at the time saying to me oh when we go to the Lloyd's building you know can you wear a trouser suit or something don't you know don't wear one of your dresses or whatever because like oh it's Lloyd's and I wonder what you know that's quite some time ago now but I wonder what that was like for you in that kind of field yeah, I don't think, and I think I was just fortunate. The two Fianas that I first started working for were women. So I think that helped the the partners of the team that I was in. It was a very fair mix of men and women. So I think to a certain extent that helped. I don't think, I mean, I came, I came across some kind of quite tyrant female yes. partners in my time. <laughs> um, but I don't think it ever really occurred to me that it was a thing to be yeah. honest yeah. because I was a little bit immune to the idea that anyone would judge me on anything but my own merit whether or not oh. I was male or female so maybe that was naive I don't know mm. I think I'm a bit more aware of it now that I'm running my own firm but yeah I, d- I don't think I don't recall I mean I mean I've had some awful things said to me over the years things like you're too much mm. basically tone yourself down Right. Yeah. Um, and I really took that personally, mm-hmm. like that hit hard. I had a like a mock interview with a partner, different partner as well, who basically told me to sit on my hands because they were too distracting. Oh God. You know, and I was like, but that's who I am. I talk yes. with my hands like that, like that. You're asking me to be something I'm not. And yeah. so there was there was a lot of little things that mm-hmm. were constant messages about not being who you are. Yeah. just just turn yourself down a little bit don't you know don't wear bright colors don't ha- you know don't be so confident Catherine why are you so <laughs> confident like stop yeah ridiculous right yeah and it and it took unfortunately I think my mum passing away for me to really question that stuff and go why am I turning myself down because you don't like it yeah. this is just a job mm-hmm. you know and then and then I kind of went right in order to have the space I need and I'm certain there's probably other people needs. I'm going to have to create it for us. That's yeah. the only way this is going to work is actually if someone wants to rock up to work in a bright pink jumper, I'm oh. going to have to create a space for them to rock up to work in a bright pink jumper. Yeah. Right. And that's basically where how how I ended up getting there because I realized I needed to create the space. sorry to interrupt the podcast but I've got a question for you in fact I've got a couple of questions for you have you ever had a moment when you suddenly felt everything shift or everything just became clearer and you knew that everything had just changed for you well I have several times and I love 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 that feeling and I got to thinking Most of those times have happened at live in-person events. There's just something about the power of being with like-minded people who are looking for similar outcomes to you. And I don't know, just the all-round energy created that just leads to epic transformation. And that's what we're creating for you at High Vibe Live on June the 25th at Hogarth Hotel, Sully Hall. It's an event that's filled with expansive and informative content that leaves you feeling braver than ever, ready to stretch your abilities further than ever, and trust in what you are doing more than ever. 
are you available for all of that? Does that make you feel fired up? Then you need to join us on June the 25th to experience High Vibe Live for yourself. Tickets are still available. They're under £100 for the day, and you can even spread the payment over three months if you're quick. So don't miss this opportunity to experience your own moment. Your transformation starts the moment you say, hell yes, I am in. Drop us an email at team at doorknowing.com and we will get you sorted. Now back to the podcast. I really love that because for me, I think um, the legal profession is one of almost those last bastions of like, this is what I expect of a solicitor. You did a post on LinkedIn last week, I think it was talking about your branding and saying, you know, it's like hard to get fun. And I commented on there to say, absolutely. And it makes me feel that if I need a solicitor, you know, I, I would feel really comfortable in talking to you because... When do we need solicitors? Normally at a time of stress and something awful's going on, you know, and I throw in there buying a house as well, because, you know, we all know it's super stressful. Something's wrong with your business or, you know, it, it's generally a stressful situation. On top of that, you know, I consider myself super confident. You know, I, I would say anything to most people, but even I think, oh, I could speak to a solicitor. You know, oh, they're going to think I'm stupid. They're going to use all this language that I don't understand and all right. of that kind of thing so presumably when you set up a hooper hide as well as being able to wear pink jumpers to work it's about kind of taking away that stereotype obviously and doing something different 100% absolutely it was it's one of the most important values to me Mm. is for clients to feel like really we're a partner to you not someone who's going to make you feel patronized or intimidated like if someone comes away from a conversation with me feeling either of those two things then I'm I'll be devastated quite frankly because I'm not up for that in any way shape or form mm-hmm. like I want you to ask the question 25 times if that's how long it takes for me yeah. to be able to explain it to you in a way that makes sense for you to feel empowered for mm-hmm. me it's about clients feeling empowered to be able to make the right decision for them because I, you know I've been on the receiving end I'll tell you a story it's it's really interesting actually because obviously my job is dispute resolution so a client will get you know an aggressive letter you know or a demand letter or something and it immediately elicits for most people an emotional response and I was on the receiving end of a demand letter one that was sent to me prematurely basically someone had raised an invoice at the beginning of January and decided that it was due two weeks later when actually it was due 30 days later so I then get a demand letter with 80% interest on it But I, yeah, so 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 it was wrongly sent to me. But even so, I had an emotional reaction to that. I went, oh, my God, I'm super stressed. You know, that immediate gut wrenching feeling that rises into your chest and sends you into a spiral of panic. And it was interesting to me because I went, OK, this is what clients feel. And this is what I need to be helping people with. It's not just the mechanics of the dealing with the letter it's actually the fact that they are going to be feeling all these feelings they're not going to be thinking straight they're not going to be able to gather their thoughts properly and that's my job is to help them gather their thoughts enough for us to respond to this sensibly you know so it was really interesting to kind of see it from the other perspective really and to really then be able to deploy that for clients because ultimately for me I don't know if you have you heard of Maya Angelou where she says 
Um, People won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. That is absolutely underlying for me. It's all about how I made you feel. Did I make you feel like I was on your side? Did I make you feel like you could trust me to do the right thing for you? Mm -hmm. You know, all, all of that stuff. And that yeah. that's the most important thing. And that's really intangible. It's really hard to kind of sell that, right? Yeah. Because I'm not selling a product. I'm not, you know, I'm not even selling a service, really. I'm selling a feeling. Yeah. I'm selling a, a sense of peace of mind, mm. which, you know, is underpins everything about the business, really. Oh, absolutely love that. And I think, so you talked about dispute resolution there. Mm. Is there time when it's too late to come to you because I think sometimes you know be it business or personal we all do it we bury our head in the sands don't we and then it's like oh shit I should have done something about this earlier I know obviously the earlier the better someone comes to you but you know is it ever too late to kind of get some professional help it's never too late and for some reason that I've got that is it Rick Astley? It's never too late. You've still got time yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Honestly. God, you posted about, it was you. You <laughs> posted about this. Oh, it's a segue here, listeners. Yeah, so Catherine also posted last week about, does anyone yeah. else have that thing where you say something and then you want to start singing? I was like, oh my something. God, all the time. There we go. And <laughs> just proved it we just proved it yeah yeah, yeah. So, no it is never too late um mm-hmm. obviously ideally it's always best that you get advice up front but let's yeah. be honest we're human beings and we do bury our head in the sand and hope that something will go away you know I had a client basically come to me four weeks before trial he yeah. tried to deal with something himself had basically gotten to a point where he realized this thing wasn't going away that he wasn't articulating enough right. his defense he thought he would just be able to say what he had said and they would just discontinue and it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. So yeah, four weeks before trial, he came to me and we basically had a ruckload of work to do to get yeah. this case ready. And we did win. The the case was dismissed against him. So, you know, he was fortunate. Doesn't always work, you know, quite that well, but it's it's never too late, really. It's always good to get some advice, even if it's just actually, is this the end of the road? Is there anything else I can do? Do I just have to accept that, you know, I've now got this county court judgment against me and there's nothing, you know, all of that stuff. It's always good because because information is is power ultimately, isn't it? With the right set of knowledge, Mm -hmm. you can make an informed decision. But without that knowledge, sitting there worrying about it's not going to help you, you know. So, yeah. So what do you think is the biggest misconception about you know law firms would you say or particularly probably your firm as it stands different to the majority of others I think in terms of who behind it's probably the charging structure because and quite rightly a lot of people assume that we charge hourly rate that we will charge for every tiny little thing that so so for who with who behind you will always get your initial consultation completely free mm-hmm. in part that's self-serving for both of us because mm-hmm. if we've never had any contact with each other before we need to, to figure out if we're the right fit for each other mm-hmm. so it's it's not just about whether you're the right fit for us it's you know vice versa you might not like us you might not mm-hmm. like the way that we work you there might just be something that just isn't quite sit right you know so for me that initial consultation is always free and a lot of firms will charge and to my mind it's like well how can I decide whether or not I want to work with you if I've got yeah. to pay 150 quid plus fat to even have a conversation with you sure. makes no sense and then where possible always where possible unless either a client doesn't want to or it's just not feasible mm-hmm. because of how quickly something needs to happen for example we typically charge fixed fees for everything oh. so we don't charge hourly rate 
like I said, unless a client wants us to, or there's a compelling reason that we can't actually fix the fee. I don't know, urgent injunction needs to happen and we just don't have time to figure out what this looks like. So we've got to move quickly and you've got, you know, we're just going to record the time and we'll charge you, you know, scenarios like that typically, but where possible fixing or capping fees, because Um, I hate sending out a bill that I know a client isn't certain they're going to get. And I'm pretty certain that clients go, I have no idea what my legal bill is going to be this month. And that's really stressing me out. And it's a stress I don't need on top of everything else I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. So why would we add to that? We're supposed to be actually taking away some of the stress. And yet we're adding to it by sending clients an invoice. They have no idea what it's going to be. Um, So, yeah, so that's one of the things that we do. Some some firms are moving into and it's it is difficult to a certain extent with disputes because you don't always know which way something's going to go but there are certain stages that you can very easily predict Mm -hmm. and you know you can say things to clients like look you know we're going to charge you x amount per witness Mm -hmm. so if at this point in time we think there's two great but if actually it turns out to be six well the bill is going to be that much more because we've still got to do six lots of witness evidence Mm -hmm. you know so there are ways that we can kind of have a menu i suppose of how we charge um and typically we time record so I do record my time yeah. but I don't I don't bill for everything because typically um, it'd be like well actually you know I, I might have sent two emails but the typical way of charging for lawyers is every six minutes but yeah. I know it took me 30 seconds to do those two emails yeah. I'm not going to charge a client 12 minutes for that because that's absurd you know I, and it's just about being more transparent and more open about these conversations you know I hate that whole Absolutely. lawyers have this thing about not wanting to talk about money but yet we're charging a lot of money so why are we not talking about how much money that's I absolutely love that and I'm sure that everyone listening will you know think that's revolutionary um (laughs) no (laughs) but I think people's you know perception Perception, is still that I'm trying to think I had a conversation with someone just over the weekend when they Mm. talked about you know and then the solicitor did this you know, and somebody else at the table said, oh, and that's another £200. And that is the perception, right. isn't it? Every little yeah. thing that they do um, is going to be charged. So, you know, right, it is just actually adding more stress. Mm-hmm. Most people get stressed around the idea and topic of money anyway. Yes. And throwing there a legal situation and it's just mm-hmm. going to be amplified. So. Yeah. And people avoid getting legal advice because they're worried about how much it's going to cost them. Yes, yes. Well, why would we not then give them a better idea of how much something's going to cost them so that they can make the right decision, not based on cost, but based on how important the outcome is that they want to achieve, not how much it's going to potentially cost them or not cost them. Mm-hmm. I'm on I'm on the receiving end to a certain extent for a client at the moment. I can't talk about it too much because it's a live case, but we've basically had to engage a foreign lawyer for him for a particular piece of litigation. And it's so frustrating getting any kind of sense out of them about how much something's going to cost. It's yeah. basically right. These are the next steps, and we'll just send you a bill. Yeah. And I'm like, God, you can't even give us like a right. This is, you know, based on our experience of having yeah. done this many times, this is how much we think it's probably going to cost. Mm-hmm. You know, the ballpark they've given us is somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand. Well, ten. The difference between ten and fifteen thousand is quite a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's probably going to be more than that. Let's be honest, because it's a, you know, it's an estimate. Yeah. So actually, the client's probably going to end up paying about 20. Well, the difference between 10 and 20 is, you know, it's just it blows my mind that we're not better at having those kinds of conversations, really. 
But again, that's great information for you to go, right, I don't want our clients to feel like this. I don't want them to be treated like this. Um, And for you to implement into your business. on to my next question so what's the biggest challenge that you're facing in your business right now and and how are you dealing with it we kind of touched on it probably before uh, yeah so I've got some two years in nearly it'll be two years on the 30th of April this year and I've basically decided and committed to taking on employees so everyone within the business at the moment is self-employed which has been great and has really helped with the growth of the business to this point but I've been saying really since day dot that I was going to to employ people. I just haven't quite bitten the bullet and stepped over into that sort of yeah. next phase. And I have been having a couple of conversations, one with a recruitment consultant that I know really well, and also another with a business mentor. He mentors law firms, because okay. he has built and grown a law firm. Yeah. So he's got a lot of experience. And I was talking to him about it. And, and I think that's the biggest challenge. And it's not, I think it's, as much potentially a business challenge as it is a personal one because it's all about my self-confidence in going I can do this Uh yes you've never done it before but you know you're a sensible person and you're relatively intelligent I think you can probably figure out how this works but yes it's a bit of a scary one but I have promised that this year I'm going to employ people like that is like it's going to happen because I need to do it in order to grow the business like it's the next step yeah. Well, I've made a note of that and I'll be coming back to check in with you and then we'll have you back if you've got employees because that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> but at least yeah. you know what kind of boss you don't want to be. Right. Yeah. Experience. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I've had, I mean, I've had some, I've had some bosses in the past yeah. and yeah, definitely wouldn't. I just don't want to make people feel the way that I had been made to feel. Yeah. And there's so many stories of people who've just had awful, awful bosses and you just think, where do you get off treating people like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on a Zoom this morning, somebody was delivering a keynote. And again, you know, you had the, that terrible boss story. But then it's great to hear that then spurred her on to, you know, do something else and found her own business and all of that. So, yeah, that's really, really good. So mm-hmm. I'd like to ask this question. And then I'm always like, oh, I'm not sure. What's a typical day look like? Because I know when someone says that to me, I'm like, let's, let's explain it. What's a typical week look like for instance yeah so I mean gosh what does a typical week look like it I mean I can't answer that question can I but generally there'll be you know I'll have to spend some time doing business development I'll have to spend some time on marketing I'll have to spend some time on strategy and then obviously spend some time on client work so I do deploy the time blocking Right. So yeah. so I can see a really quick snapshot what mm-hmm. my week looks like, even down to the type of task is color coded. So I can see that I'm spending the right amount of time on what. So mm-hmm. I've got quite a lot of sort of business development in this week, which is not typical for me. Oh. It's probably a bit more than I would usually have. But it's just it's just has happened that way for some reason this week. Networking and I obviously blocking putting all my love my networking and that sort of mm. thing. So there isn't really a typical week, but they do tend to I do tend to try and keep yeah. the balance there yeah. so that I'm not spending time on things that don't move me forwards. 
Yeah. Because when I started out in the business, I was just saying yes to everything because it was exciting. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'll have a well, demo that, of that software. Yeah. 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 So whereas now I'm quite I'm I'm much more careful over mm. how I spend my time. It sometimes goes a little bit awry. A couple of weeks ago, I said to my VA, I was like, I feel like we've lost a little bit of control over because I make sure that I have at least three hours a day for client work okay. I said I feel like we've lost a little bit of control over that and stuff's yeah. getting put in where actually that needs to stay as that block because it needs to be a full block because otherwise I'm not going to be able to get my head in the zone enough to get, yeah. actually get anything of any kind of substance done so yeah so there isn't a typical week but there tends to be balance across the week yeah so certain things that go into the week I love the color coding that sounds yeah that sounds the kind of thing that I would actually do so oh gosh no it's so helpful and I know that you're a mom yeah two children two girls yeah two girls girls, so do you work Monday to Friday like around the school day or how do you kind of you know blend the two so Monday through to Thursday the girls are either in so I do drop off I drop them off at school every day that is a that is a non-negotiable for me unless there's a specific reason so you know I need to be in court in Liverpool I'm not going to be able to do the drop off but you know generally non-negotiable I'm on the school drop off and then Monday through Thursday they go to either after school club or their grandparents and then Fridays they have swimming lessons so typically my husband and I will share that so we just have a conversation because he's self-employed as well. So it'll be right. Okay. What makes the most sense this week? Well, actually, I could do it because I've got a slightly quieter day on Friday. I'll do it. You do it next week, whatever. So we just work around the kids. And then yeah. some evenings I'll work once the kids are asleep. Again, it's uh, right. Typically, I try and finish by six at the latest because the kids aren't kids for very long. And what I don't want to do okay. is miss out on it all because I've been building a business that then I don't I don't know who they are I haven't spent any time with them I don't you know so I was like right typically I try and finish by six generally half five at the latest that then family time between you know six and half past eight is family time again non-negotiable unless it's urgent and then if I need to do any work after that I'll start again at sort of half eight nine and sometimes I'll work at the weekends again if necessary if there's something urgent that's cropped up or it needs to get done I'm on a deadline I haven't had a chance to get it done in the week I will work at the weekends but Again, I, I didn't start this business to not be around. I started this business to be around. Yes. So so I don't then want to spend all of my time not seeing my family just for the sake of building something that was meant to be benefiting them in the first place. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I always say to people when I'm speaking and stuff, is that it doesn't have to be this constant grind. It doesn't have to be pull pull light at two a.m. and I'm starting work at four, and that's the way it has to be because I'm building a business. I'm like, no, not be. And you know, if you're strict with your time and you, you know, like you said, and you block, and you know, I've got this, 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 and this to do, and I keep this time for clients, for instance, mm. it's amazing. People will fit in. Yeah, yeah. If you give them an open space, they will take all of your space. But if you say well, I work Tuesday to Thursday between these times, That they'll pick a time between that because that's just what you do. So Exactly. Exactly. And I think this whole kind of hustle culture, I think it can be really damaging for some people because, and I've been drawn into it where I kind of go, oh, the only way for me to build this business is if I work 16-hour days. And then I was like, but I didn't start my business to do 16 hour days and maybe it might take me longer if I'm not doing that but I also you know I'm a human being and I only have a certain amount of capacity 
for decision making or thinking throughout the day anyway there's a point at which i can't i i have no more ability to do yeah. anything else yeah. so i could either flog my guts out mm-hmm. and actually be really unproductive or accept that at some point that day do you know what i'm not getting anything done this is really unhelpful mm-hmm. i could either sit here and just beat myself up or just step away from it and start again tomorrow on a fresh head yeah. you know nothing is going to happen overnight anyway mm-hmm. so just be a bit kinder to yourself that these things do t- take time and that, especially if you've got other priorities or yeah. responsibilities you're gonna have to fit around those things you know it's not realistic if you're you know a single person in their early 20s who has no responsibilities and lives with their parents happy uh-huh. days you can spend whatever time you want but for for many people who start businesses particularly once they've kind of had young kids uh-huh. you've got to work around that and you have to accept that that's part of you know what your timetable and availability looks like anyway it's exactly what you said there most people you know they start their business because they want to have that freedom they want to have the time and then all of a sudden you know I know a lot of people when they come to work with me they're like I'm working all these hours I'm not seeing the kids I'm not being present as a partner don't even get started on self-care uh, <laughs> and actually that's not you know and that's the first thing I say to them but that's not where you start your business mm-hmm. you know I'm a huge fan of the nana nap if I'm yeah. tired in the afternoon I love a nana nap and it's like you say I could make myself stay at my desk for three hours but what I produce would just be a load of crap so I might as well go and have a nana nap yeah yeah so I call it a disco nap so you have a nap before you go out to disco <laughs> oh yes oh, those were the days yeah, I know right <laughs> Going out clubbing. We were my husband and I. We were out actually a couple of weeks ago, and it was really loud in there. And it was about nine o'clock. We were like, "Should just go home? (laughs) It's too loud." And it was like really late, nine o'clock. Yeah, that exactly (laughs) happened to us this weekend. We were out with friends in uh, Swansea, and it wasn't even that late for us. We got to about seven. The band started. We all love live music, but equally, we wanted to catch up. And you know, we were shouting over the band, and we went, "Oh my god, should we just go home and order a takeaway?" Like, yes, get home, get your comfies, get the takeaway. Great. Yeah, amazing. Love it. Brilliant. Right, so before I finish, and I'm definitely going to have you back to check on the uh, getting the employees and how that's going, I always finish with the last word where I ask my guests their last something or other, could be anything. Um, so I've got a couple for you today. Okay. So what was the last great piece of advice that you were given? What was the last great piece of advice that I was given? Oh, my gosh. Oh, be kind to yourself. Well, I love that. Yeah. Right? Just... Yeah yeah be kind to yourself don't I have a really bad habit of constantly focusing on what I haven't achieved yet Uh, and not reflecting on what I have achieved so far so a friend of mine bought me the the probably the most thoughtful gift anyone has ever bought me and it's a jar a glass jar and it's got Catherine's wind jar written on the outside and she said every time that you achieve something could be really something really small you know, it could be something on a client file or, you know, something that you've done that you hadn't done yet or anything. Write it on a piece of paper with the date, really yeah. small piece of paper, fold it up, put it in the jar. Um, and she said, every time you're having a bad day or a bad moment, just pick a few out and read them. And honestly, it's the best thing that I have done. And I think everyone who starts a business should have a wind jar because um, you forget. It's, yeah, it's so easy to fixate on the things that go wrong or the things you haven't done yet. Yeah. And they feel so much bigger. You can have one 
one negative that feels so much bigger than 10 positives for some reason but it just sort of helps bring you back into okay no I am doing a good job I can do this Uh I'm just having a bit of a challenge today yeah Yeah. great greatest thing and so now I'm immediately thinking and obviously because you're you know a solicitor of Elwood's snap cup on Legally Blonde you know you have seen Nikki Blonde. Yes, I have, yes. yes. Oh, have anyone not seen Nikki <laughs> Blonde? Yeah. yeah. So you had your own, like, snap cut party. Yeah. It's like, snaps with Catherine. I'm amazing. I absolutely love that. I'm going to implement that myself. Yeah, no, you should. I think everyone should have a wind jar. I really like it. Yeah. Um, so then the other one, this is much easier. So what was the last great film that you watched? What did I watch recently? Do you know what? I don't tend to watch films anymore. I tell you what I did watch at the weekend. It's not necessarily the, the greatest film that I've watched, yeah. but um, I watched the new Luther film, oh, you know, on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen it? I have. I have. It's good. Yeah. I really, it I do so good, like it. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, so you can't see us, but we're both doing the face of, oh, goodness. yes. We're both- <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no complaints from me there. <laughs> no. And if you haven't seen it, but you were a fan of Luther, I really highly recommend it because actually I think everyone's a bit like, is this going to, is it going to work? Or have they just dragged it out? But yeah, it was excellent, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. I was a bit like, oh, is this, this going to work as a film versus a series? But yeah, no, it's yeah, great. Very, very good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us today. Where is the best place even for our listeners to connect with you? Uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I mean, I am on I am on Instagram, TikTok yeah. and YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook, but I don't tend to hang out on Facebook. I don't understand Facebook anymore. It's like morphed into something <laughs> that I just don't get anymore. So I don't tend to spend much time on there. But LinkedIn is typically where you'll find me most of the time. Great. Well, we'll put uh, we'll put your LinkedIn link in the show notes and the link to your website as well. And um, yeah, that's it. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for sharing your journey. I look forward to talking to you again. And I'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, remember to keep those vibes high. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.